The following podcast is a part of the Spin Studio Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Happy Way. Hey guys, and welcome back to Flourish and Fulfilled. Now, we often look at friendship breakdowns as a negative, but when moldy fruit is added into a fruit bowl with, say, perfectly ripe, beautiful fruit, you'll notice that it spoils the rest quicker and it releases toxic gases. And here is the perfect analogy for today's topic, all about the sisterhood of adult friendships, releasing the ones that no longer serve us or align with our life. And it isn't necessarily about the ones that we've known the longest or we've been friends with since we were little. It's about aligning our life with the ones who love and support us in a way that we're able to be authentically who we're here to be. Now, today I have brought on my friend and coach Nicola to today's episode as um, I just know that she's helped me so many times in so many different areas of my life. And this has been such a big one of being able to align the people around me and releasing friendships that are no longer serving me and being able to be really firm in my boundaries with people that cross them. And I've done this so much more over the last three years um, of being able to work through what is working for me and what isn't working for me. And it's definitely been a huge wake up call to see what happens when you start standing up for yourself. Um, People really do show their true colours. And it's been amazing to be able to weed out, I guess, those people. And my circle at the moment is full of women that I love and trust. And it's really, really, really special. It's also meant making space for new friendships that do serve me and also that support me with women who allow me to be exactly who I'm here to be without any of that jealousy or negativity. So it's really beautiful. Now, before we get started, um, for those that don't know who you are or perhaps haven't listened to our breathwork episode, there is an entire episode with you and I discussing (laughs) everything breathwork, what you and I went through when we first met. Um, So I definitely encourage you all to go back and have a listen to that one. Um, But you have turned into such a close friend of mine and just, yeah, life would not be the same without you. From my initial breathwork coach to being who you are and how important you are in my world today, um, you're an absolute rock to me. So you have the ability to tell me and Allow me to self-reflect on each, like issues or things that have come up in my life and I entirely trust you to be able to take that feedback on board. And I think that's the difference when it comes to being able to listen to feedback is that I entirely trust your judgment because I know that it's coming from nothing but a place of love. Um, and having like myself having female trust issues or where I'm always like, oh, what is your real intention behind telling me that you allow me to do that in a really safe and vulnerable way? So before we kickstart today's topic, (laughs) I just want the listeners to get to know you a little bit better that haven't listened to the Breathwork episode. So I'm just going to ask you a couple of like random questions. I'm so happy to be back. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So do you have a favourite quote? Mm, There are a few. And I love this one, which really is about sisterhood, is we don't have to do it all alone. We were never meant to, Bernay Brown. And (laughs) there's a few others, you know, (laughs) but the other one that I really love by Glennon Doyle, which is a great book, Untamed, is what if in skipping the pain, I was missing my lesson? 
really good point. It's a really good one. Yeah. And it's one that I'm bringing up with quite a few clients at the moment is, you know, that pain thing. Oh, yeah. We know you can't this. keep sliding that one <laughs> under the carpet. You have to actually move through the pain. And then when you get through it, you know, everything's going to be OK, like moving forward. And we wouldn't actually be able to take away that lesson unless we really did feel that rock bottom point. And I think that that quote actually has been what you've worked with me. Oh, yeah. And that's why the trust has come better yeah. for you is because I helped you and guided you through that pain. Yeah. So that you could Without judgment. Feel, yeah. <laughs> so that you felt safe to go, well, actually, that I can do that. I can do anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Um, okay. Do you have children? I do. My two beautiful girls. How Taylor old are they? Fern, she is nine. Yeah. And Nella Rose, she has just turned six. Yeah. And they're... They're beautiful. What do you do to relax? Breathwork, of yeah. course. Um, I really love breathing. Every morning, every night, I sigh all the time. Anyone that knows me, go, oh, Nicola, she's always <laughs> sighing. Are you okay? I'm like, yeah, just breathing. <laughs> I love acupuncture. It's one of my times where I can completely sink into being in my body. Yeah. I, it's one of my absolute favorite go-tos. And then just being in nature, you know, just taking my shoes off and just getting on the grass or going for a walk. Acupuncture is yeah. another funny one, isn't it? Because I'm so needle phobic. I hate needles, but it's mm. the only time during the day that I can actually nap is when I have yes. acupuncture. <laughs> Otherwise, I just don't nap. <laughs> what is the best thing happening in your life right now? Oh, you know, there's a few things. I really thought about this. Um, my business is really moving forward quite quick this year because of the Because you're changing that, so many lives. <laughs> well, and because of COVID, actually. I know yep. it's that horrible C word, but a lot of women were desperate when that happened. Mm. And so I was able to sort of go, okay, no one else is stepping into this online platform, so I'm going to do it. So yep. it's been amazing helping women to let go and really just take the time while it is moments of being at home in isolation to do the work on themselves but the other thing that's really exciting for me at the moment is entering into the next stage of my life, which is perimenopausal, and just trying to see myself differently, trying to feel my body softening and starting to not really care about what people think anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, that's really exciting. That's huge. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what's the hardest lesson that you've ever oh, learnt? Letting go of trying to make my parents love me the way that I want them to. Well, that's a powerful one. Yeah, it's been the hardest lesson and the most empowering moments of going, I can't make them be what I want them to be. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. Do you have a hidden talent? Oh, I know. I really thought little about white, Little white witch. <laughs> <laughs> tell, me your, tell me your talents. Well, Anthony, my husband, would say, Nicola makes everybody cry. <laughs> everybody cry. Always. Um, I think mine would be keeping calm in, in some really crazy moments. <laughs> I just seem to be really calm. <laughs> You're like the air hostess when a plane's going down. Just look to you to I, see if I, you need to I freak out. I was that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think I love making potions. So maybe I am that white witch. White witch. <laughs> if you could pass on one piece of information to another woman, what would it be? Just allowing yourself to take off your mask and be exactly who you are. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of like the right people will attract to you when you are exactly who you're here to be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What's the most favourite thing about your career? Holding hands with women and watching their growth, you know, just letting them, walking them through those pain points. Yeah. And showing them that there is a way out. There's always the light. There's always a solution in every problem. 
Yeah, and you're, you're really never alone. At, you're never alone. Yeah, you've you've got a really good knack of being able to make women feel from being feeling very isolated and very alone to feeling very supported. Yeah, yeah, I feel that that's what I love and excites me the most is you know someone saying oh you know I've been to all these people and nothing works nothing works yeah and really I just say to them I just let them feel seen. I listen to them and then I really acknowledge them. And that's kind of the key to most people's trauma is that they weren't seen, they've not been heard and they're never acknowledged. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> that that aligns so well with today's topic of yes. releasing toxic friendships and mm. um, the things that are no longer serving us. And I feel like the word toxic women are always like, oh, that's like, that's not a great word, but it's kind of like... Why do we carry on with the high school bullshit of into adulthood? Like, why are the friendships that we have in high school still the friendships that we're maintaining as adult? Like, why is it so hard to have those deep connected friends, um, as in women who won't judge us or um, break our boundaries? I know that for me, I'm very blessed with some incredible friendships. Um, and I often joke that I would love a mansion with my girlfriends where we all just kind of like live together, except the fact that that would be very sexless for me and not something that I would want. Um, but it's just, I'm so blessed because we don't have any jealousy and there's no expectations. And it's, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. There's no resentment. There's no bitterness. And it's really awesome to see that as an adult, we're flowing through different friendships and some friendships work for me at the moment that are so um, much more connected. And then other friendships that I'm kind of drifting away from, it's done in a really beautiful and respectful way to be able to honour those friendships as they are. So what do you believe determines a toxic relationship or friendship? Mm. I think it's those moments when you know in your gut in your intuitive self that it doesn't serve you, that when you're with someone, are you feeling energized or completely depleted when you're with that person? Do you start to, you know, do things to please them and it's actually at your own costs? Yeah. Are you um, trying to be something that you're not? And yeah. when you're in that friendship, if you, sometimes you get caught into it. And I've definitely been guilty of that, mm-hmm. 100%. You know, I was at boarding school with all girls. You know, I've seen it. But it's that thing of just when you see that toxicity in that friendship in the moments, if your tummy is telling you it's not okay, you need to listen to that. Yeah. Because it's really telling you. And, you know, I've said this to you many times. <laughs> Everybody shows you who they are. And they do, but we choose not to see it because we're listening to the bullshit. Yes. So it's it's hard because it's like when you're in the moment, and I know that for me within my friendships, I've had friendships that perhaps weren't even friendships. They were only employees that I thought were friendships. Or perhaps I've had friendships that overstepped my boundaries time and time again. Yes. But I kind of felt like society as a whole tells us that we have to keep friendships otherwise we're a bad person or um, friendships that we've been friends with with women since we were little we have to maintain those friendships no matter how toxic they turn so mm. and I think you know understanding and it's sort of seeing whether someone's criticizing you um, when you're with them as well if they make fun of you or they make you the joke of the conversation or you know those friendships where you find out that they've gathered with all your other friends and yet you Left weren't you invited, um, that you feel really emotionally, you're, you're being that dump person, you know, yeah. that person that, that you just listen to everyone's problems yep. and then they're all good and then they don't invite you to the next gathering. Like that's definitely happened to me before. Yeah. It's it's just that common respect as well, isn't it? Like 
mm. of treat someone how you'd want to be treated. <laughs> totally. Because even if you're, um, if somebody is always picking on you or being assertive with you, there's a way of being able to do that if somebody doesn't like your behaviour in a really beautiful way. And I know I'm just going to talk about you and I, but you are able to call me out of my bullshit, obviously, because you're my coach, but you can call me out of my bullshit in a really nice way where I'm not like, Nicholas said this. I'm like, yeah, shit, I need, to, I need to stop doing that. Like, that's not okay. So there's a way of being able to give feedback and still maintain that beautiful friendship or be able to strengthen your friendship if it is something that you want to work on. So why is it so hard to cut people out of our life who we know are bad or toxic for us? It all comes down to that fear of rejection, the childhood stuff, it, you know, in the playground, the self-worth. It just comes up, doesn't it? Yeah. That feeling of if I say what I feel or I call that person out or I need to cut them out, what if I get rejected or what if I feel really awful or what if they tell everybody about what I'm like? Mm. You know, it takes you right back to those trauma moments in childhood, doesn't it? <laughs> so it makes you feel like if I let them go, was it my fault? You know, that narcissistic type feeling as well when you're letting go of somebody, you know, it was it my fault? Is it How really could I have done better? Am I confused? Yeah. Did I see something differently? I think for me, the most important thing that I've learned over years, and, you know, I'm 47 now, so I've had quite a few few friendships, and I'm really quite good now at saying goodbye to something yeah. um, just through age, and that's definitely come over the last five, six years, is that if something doesn't feel right, I say to them, look, you know, I'm not into the whole texting Let's meet. Let's have a cup of tea. Let's just let's talk about how we feel in a non-violent communication. And it's yeah. a real thing that that non-violent communication mm-hmm. where you say to them, look, I feel this. This is how I feel. And and how do you feel? Yeah. And they tell you how they feel. And then together you can decide whether that friendship's actually worth continuing on with or is it a friendship that's not serving anymore? Yeah. And actually there was a really good um I can't even, it's a Hawaiian term, I think. It's when you need to break up with someone, you can, and I've done this, I did this at Christmas. I'm sorry, please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. Mm. And I actually delivered that in a really good way of, I remember, you know, saying yeah. goodbye to someone. I really loved them too. Yeah. But I knew that it was, I was being gaslighted and yeah. it wasn't helping me. And when I said it, I felt this freedom just flowing right through me. I was like, yes, I'm ready to let go of this friendship. And it helped to help her as well. I think she was kind of like, whoa, I didn't expect us not to come away as friends. And I said, I truly love everything that we've been through. Yeah. But I can't continue doing this. Yeah. I can't keep feeling this toxic stomach feeling every time I come to meet you. It's, yeah. And for me, that was around the same time as well. I let go of a friend who... It was like three times that she'd crossed my boundaries and it was massive, massive things that had broken my trust to the point of me being like, I I can't trust you. So why would I even speak to you anymore? So there's no place for you in my life. And because we hung out nearly every day, it was such a massive hole of like, what does my life even look like now? Like, do I have any friends? But it's kind of like finding your um, your community and your sisterhood of women who are there to actually support you and be exactly who you're here to be. So going back a couple of steps, how do we assert ourselves and set boundaries so that we don't get pushed around? And I did an episode on boundaries as a whole because 
I know that you've helped me very clearly of being able to set boundaries within a relationship, but that kind of goes as well with friendships and everything in our life. It could be workplace, it could be towards our boss, it could be a real estate agent, I don't know, it could be anything. But do you suggest then having a set boundary list for your entire life or friendships or I think it all comes down to and you've done a podcast on this your values your core values yeah. understanding what it is that that moves you in life yeah you know I think ours are the same freedom is my biggest core value oh yeah well if someone <laughs> takes away your freedom all the time stops you being able to speak your truth yeah then that's going to be a boundary that you need to to, to put in so well on my on my big wardrobe door in my office I've got massive a3 sheet and it's got you know living my truest me and from that I've got all my values and then on that also I've got all of my boundaries that come off those values and that's for relationships that's for friendship that's for work for everything because they come from my core values. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so true because everything that's in a relationship should stand as a friendship. And I kind of feel like obviously I'm desperately single. No, I'm not desperately single, but I'm down. I'm obviously <laughs> single. But it's kind of like for me, I'm in a relationship more so with my friends. And if I was a, if I told, say, Tessa something, for example, and she went and told the world, I would be so hurt the exact same way that I would be hurt in a relationship. So having that trust of being like, this is what I'm going through, like, and obviously knowing that if someone even ever said to me, Tessa said this, I'd just be like, I clearly know that's not true because mm -hmm. I have that absolute solid ground of knowing where our relationship stands and the boundaries that we have. So why can we always see others' bad relationships but not ourselves or our own relationships? Like it's so easy to throw shade on someone else's relationship. Like I would never allow that. But we do. We allow yeah. it for ourselves. And it comes down to that whole judgment thing that unfortunately women are actually really naughty with. Like mm. they look at another woman and they judge her really quickly. Yeah. And, and assume. Yeah. And they <laughs> criticize quite quick. And, and and women are quite gossipy, which is a yeah, bit of an icky feeling for me. I think it's because it's like me too. You know, obviously, the oh, yeah, inclusion. Me too. Oh, I felt that too. Yeah. And it's that gathering, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I think honestly, it's, it's that feeling of when you're with women, it's just watching what they're saying, watching how they're communicating with each other and <laughs> noticing, you know, that's really interesting. Am I doing that as well? Like when you're judging somebody or you're listening to judgment, noticing, am I reflecting that myself? What is that in that judgment that's made me feel funny? Yeah. Am I, am I doing that? Or am I, whatever they're judging, say for example judging another person's relationship with their partner. Yeah. If if you're judging their relationship, what is it about that? Is it because you're lacking that in your own life? Yeah. Um, if you're judging someone by what they're driving, is that because you want to feel that luxury in your life? Um, I always think when I feel that judgment sparking up, I always think you've got to self-reflect. Yeah. You've got to sit and think, if that's made me feel funny inside of me, is that something I've got to work on? Or is it that I'm 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 craving some of that? 
I was talking to um, a psychologist, Laura, this morning in regards to something very similar in regards to trolling online is mm. when a troll comes online and attacks you and it hurts, you shouldn't be blocking and deleting. You should be asking yourself what that trigger is and why it affects you so much and working through that. And that's, yeah, huge, hugely powerful. The other thing is, is that when women get together, the topic of discussion always goes to other women and having that um, ability to be able to shift the topic in a way of not um, going back into the pack mentality of gossiping as well it is so hard to do and like I know that I've had friends where we've literally been in groups and they've been gossiping about someone and I'll be like oh guys let it go we're not gossiping today and then they turn on me Mm-hmm. And so you're kind of like, oh, shit, if I just sit here and be quiet, it'll go away. But it's not fair on the person that they're talking about. No. Well, it's also never true. <laughs> like, because no one knows what someone else is going through. Like, even as a close friend, you don't know what they're going through because you're not them. You're not in their shoes. No. That's right. And I think if you're listening to gossip, I think the best thing that you can do is just call someone out on that immediately and just say, hey, you know, that person's not here to defend themselves. We don't know what they're going through. Perhaps we just need to move on with that conversation. Yeah. Or just, you know, it is is important to be able to, like I said to you before, when you're with <laughs> friends, you've got to be able to say, hey, that I don't really, that doesn't align with me. It's hard. Okay. It's such an uncomfortable <laughs> conversation. Like I've done it a lot lately and it's such a hard conversation because you're literally like, I just wanted to let you know that as a friend, I need to call you up on this and I need to be honest with you and I need to tell you exactly like, that's not okay. And mm. the conversation is so uncomfortable. Like I literally sit there like, holy shit. But so, okay. So when you're <laughs> delivering something like that, you can just say, hey, you know, I really love you. We've got such an amazing friendship, but that made me feel really icky. Can we talk about that? Yeah. And so you can just it's say. It's all in the delivery. I have like this resting bitch face though where it comes <laughs> off as like always nasty when I'm secretly inside. Like, I love you. Love me. I'm sorry. But it's literally like it's all in the delivery. I think your, uh, what we call it, was it a re- resting bitch face? Yeah. <laughs> is is because you're focusing on the conversation. Yeah, you're I freak out about it, the yeah, conflict. And you're really absorbing it. I've noticed that about you. Mm. Um, and my husband's got one as well. I'm always like, are you okay? <laughs> what are you thinking about? I'm like, oh, how did you know that? <laughs> but it is, it's all in the delivery. I think the thing with friendships, it's all in that that communication, being able to say what you feel being able to to talk to them without, you know, saying you made me or, you know, being able to take responsibility for your own self. Yeah. It's it's interesting because I do have friends that I've never heard say a bad word about another person. And after the last couple of years working with like yourself and Brad and Laura, Brad always said to me, somebody that actually can't talk negatively about a personal situation is actually going into a avoidant yes. mindset yes. because if somebody's done you wrong and they've actually really hurt you, you should be able to speak up and say, that person really hurt me and it's coming from the first person because within friendships, talking to your friends about a close, like say they've just gotten out of a relationship or perhaps they had a horrible upbringing or whatever it is, them being able to objectively speak about that from a place of hurt is healthy. Yes. So there's a huge difference in that as well. 
Mm, yeah, that's a really big one, isn't it? Yeah. And you see it, the people silenced and you wonder, I've often seen this before, yeah. like with people I've coached, they, they, they don't even want to talk about their partners in a bad way. Or, yeah. And I'm like, you know, this is just exploring feelings. It doesn't mean that you're saying anything derogatory. It's exploring how you feel or what that situation's made you feel like. And as soon as you can start accessing those feelings, you're starting to heal yourself. Yeah. From an objective place as well, which is really cool. Yeah. I just wanted to quickly interrupt today's episode to thank the sponsors, Happy Way. Now, I have been a proud partner of Happy Way for well over four years now, and I wouldn't even think to use another brand for all of my natural supplementation supplies. So the team at Happy Way make sure that every single ingredient that is actually in their product is on the label. Now that is so important because there are so many brands out there that actually get away with not labeling correctly. The team at Happy Way have just released their brand new formulation of their energy pre-workout energy booster. Now it's called Charge Up. This is not just your everyday pre-workout supplement. It allows you to get an energy boost, but from all natural flavors and ingredients. It allows you to be able to get that charge up feeling without the crash. Now, all of the ingredients in these products are scientifically proven and they come in a number of different flavors to suit every taste. If you want to try it for yourself, you can use my special discount code, which is just for this episode. It is SG25 and that gives you 25% off valid until August 31st. Now, make sure that you do let me know your thoughts and your favorite flavor of this because it's really important to always get that feedback to make sure that you love the same products that I am promoting here. Let's get back into it. So why do we think that maintaining friendships with childhood friends is better than cutting off people that are toxic? So I've had friendships that I've been friends with since they were young and I've had friendships that I've had to dissolve in the last couple of years. And I say had to because it was negatively impacting me on such a big way that they actually didn't like the person that I was today. If I had met them in the street today, we would not have been friends. But we're hanging on to this idea that our 12-year-old old selves are who we are today at 32. So why is that so hard to um, separate or why do we think that maintaining friendships is such a um, glory standard or a badge of honour? I've seen it with lots of women. I guess for me, because I went to many different schools, I, you know, I've moved around a bit. So for me, I don't have those like, you know, 40 year relationship friends anymore, you know, just don't have them. And school for me was never a, a time that i really look back very with very fond memories mm. um and I, I guess really it's an interesting one when I, I've seen this with you I've seen you yeah. with your friendships of long term and and those friendships that I see in you are amazing actually um but when you there is a badge of honor with that isn't it I've known this person for yeah. however many years again you've got to come back to that whole thing of do they energize me do they deplete me do they rejoice me and celebrate me on my wins do they hold me when I'm falling yeah does that relationship flow and ebb? I think all friendships should feel that ebb and flow no matter where you're at in your life, no matter if you're really successful or you're successful in your life as you want it to be, you know, whether yeah. that is at home with your children or whether you're a CEO with children, whatever you are in your life, success is, you know, is wherever you want it to be, isn't it? But mm. I think with friendships, you know, 
being able to grow, grow together. together. That's yeah. exactly right. My longest friendship, we've we're almost the exact same place now as our life, which is so weird because we kind of like literally go through those ebbs and flows and have grown together. So if we were to meet each other now, I think we would be friends. Whereas like one of the ones that I said, I can't do this anymore last year, we'd been friends since I was like 12 and we are just so different, like so, 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 so different that we would never even cross paths now. And um, releasing that made my life so much lighter. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I think you can look back and look at your patterns. So your patterns of what what kind of friendships you pull in. Yeah. What why are you holding on to a friendship that makes you feel yeah. you know, just yucky. Yeah. I love that phrase that my grandma told me this, like friends come for a season, a reason, or for life. Yeah. And and it's true. When you look at that, you're thinking, well, what does that friendship that I met, that person I met six months ago, what do they make me feel like? And what does that person of 25 years make me feel like? Yeah. And we've all got that moment of looking. I remember people saying, don't you miss all your friends back in the UK? Yeah, I do. But it's not like they're ringing me every week or every year even to yeah. ask how I'm going. So, you know, when you pick up, I think with a friendship also is that when there's been time, it doesn't mean that when you're a friendship, you have to be on the phone with them all the time. Yeah. It means that when the chips go down, they pick up the phone and you just know that they're there for you. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to be in each other's pockets. That's a true friendship of yeah. long term is yeah. that you know that they'll just come running if you asked. Yeah. Um, Having your back. Yeah. But looking at those friendships and asking yourself, why am I holding on to something that's making me feel know just not very comfortable anymore yeah huge questions Mm. what is it with mean girls like obviously (laughs) we've watched the movie but it's like these girls it's actually a real thing and I know that for me growing up I um I had two girls that were just so nasty so 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 nasty and now I actually haven't I haven't done it for a while I'm going to admit this but I went on Facebook and stalked them because I was like, what are you doing now? And that definitely made me feel better because it was like those girls that were so nasty to me and was such a pivotal point in my life. I'm now like, I feel so sorry for you. Like maybe you just needed a hug. Maybe I could have just given you a hug and it would have been better. It wasn't. She actually threw me down the stairs at high school. But oh my gosh. I know, horrible, <laughs> horrible mean girls. But there are some mean girls that are just like n- nasty girls. I always say to my daughter, who's experiencing a lot of mean girl behaviour at the moment, that mean girls are hurt. Mm. These girls are hurting. And when you have someone that's hurting, they hurt others. Yeah. and Hurt people hurt people. They do. And I think when someone's really mean, you've got to come to a place of compassion and just stand to the edge and don't become the victim to them just come from the observer and try and look at them with empathy and try and deal with them a little bit differently. Yeah. But mean girls do, they, they, they do hurt because they've got a wound that they're trying to, trying to fix, but they don't know how to. Mm. And I always remember as a kid, just looking at the mean girls thinking your life must be really tricky. And, and really, I guess I came from a trauma background, you know, I could have been the bully or the mean girl at school and it, mm. I just never felt that cool to do to be that person. But, yeah, it's a shame, especially when you see I'm like, well, you'll be watching it with your twins soon. And, and you've seen it with Kai. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is that, you know, at school you watch it and you're like, wow, it is quite bad. Like, And that's why, like, from the outside you can see it very clearly. Mm. But when you're in the inside of it, like, I know – I try not to talk about him too much in here when it seems to be the whole podcast is the Kai show. But it's like 
all he wants to do is fit in and connect. Mm. When it's like, if you are just who you truly, genuinely are, you're not going to be bullied because the right friends will find you instead of you trying to be something you're not. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. How do we let go of something that is no longer serving us but with grace? And I think that's like a massive point at the end of that with grace because we can easily be like, I don't want to be your friend, goodbye, the end, which is not necessarily the easiest way of doing it. And by allowing us to walk away with grace, we're still able to see them in the street without feeling that icky feeling of like, oh my God, if I run run into them today, I'm going to freak out. I'm going to have to go the other way. I can't go to that shopping centre. So how do we do that whilst still maintaining our dignity, our grace and who we are? (laughs) It's a really hard one, isn't it? Because as adults, you feel like this child self rising up, don't you? I want to run away. I'm going to hide behind the island. (laughs) I have definitely done that before. I have definitely done that. (laughs) I mean, I guess to me, it's a bit similar to the friendship that I said goodbye at Christmas. You know, I have to see her regularly and... I just think every time I see her, I'm like, just think just beautiful, loving thoughts to that person because truly, you know, she is an amazing person, but I can't, I can't do that anymore. Yeah. (laughs) But it's hard, isn't it? I just use my breathing, actually. Yeah. I use my breath and I just feel just softening inside of me and just think it just wasn't meant to continue. But when you have to have that conversation about how to finish that, that friendship is really difficult. Yeah. And I think it's being honest, but not mean. There's actually, um, today's like bookworm oh, oh, yes. yeah, that I was going to um, mention. It's actually called How to Break Up with Friends. Really? And it literally has an entire strategy and plan wow. of exactly like dot for dot of what the person did. Um, you calling them up on the boundary that they broke and then going back and um, really making sure that they understand why you're coming from that place. And it is such a good read in regards to if you're perhaps, and I know the reason that I did today's topic is that I get asked this so much. How do I attract like-minded friends? As a woman, how do I create new friendships? Because we go through school and we have our high school friends and perhaps they've chosen a different path from us or we've grown or we've decided to have children, they haven't, whatever it might be, is that there seems to be this massive disconnection of finding women who are your people. Um, So, yeah, that's a really, really good book. That's a great book. Um, I will read that. Yeah, I think it still comes down to making sure that when you're talking to them, you're not talking at them about what they did, but taking responsibility of what you feel Feel. and and what you need to do to move forward, not putting blame on someone else. Because as soon as you do that, that's where the heat starts to come to the conversation. And then it just turns into the back and forth of, well, you did this and you did that. But the end resolution in your mind needs to be firm of what you're wanting out of that, right? Yeah. Yeah, Like, how do I feel? Like, you know, this is how this makes me feel. Yeah. And and it doesn't actually feel very good for me. Yeah. I know that in Untamed, Mm. she often says that you need to lean back into your gut intuition of how you feel without asking others which I know that we've been working on this whole time. (laughs) For the first time, I reckon in like three years, I am able to confidently make a decision without having to ask someone, which might seem like nothing to anybody else. But to me, that's huge, Mm. um, which feels really good. I know that you're really big on the sisterhood community and having women who we 100% trust. Why is this such an issue at the moment? Why isn't it currently happening? Oh, this is such a big one for me because, you know, as you know, but the listeners won't, I hold women's circles regularly. 
And when I pull a woman, women in, I always say, I'm going to call bullshit on sisterhood. Yeah. Because not one of you in here tomorrow, if you saw each other, would say, hey, I recognize you. How are you? Yeah. And, and I want everyone to take the masks off and actually look at a woman properly. So when I do my circle work, we do connection work. And these women have to look at each other for a certain amount of time and tell each other what, what, what they saw in each other. And there's always tears. There's always hugs. And it's the most beautiful experience ever. And then at the end, everyone comes up and says, I will never forget this. Yeah. Like connecting with another woman without any judgment, with the masks off. I've never done that before. And at the end, I say, now this is sisterhood. Yeah. This is where it begins because we've all got to stop trying to be something that we're not. We've all yeah. got to stop this judgment and start showing up with compassion and empathy and love for each other. We see it so much with parenting as well. Like, well, my child's sleeping through the night <laughs> and mine's walking at three months. Like, no, she's not. She, yeah. like, shut up. It's because they want to feel, <laughs> it's because they want to feel like they're doing the right thing. They want to feel like they're the best parent. They want validation. They want approval. And I think lots of, and it all comes down to the mother wound, the woundings that you have when you're a kid, the playground traumas. And it just Here keeps, I am over here like, yes, my five-year-old's still come into my bed. Oh, you can have that. Yep. You can just keep going. Everyone else is like, well, my, my daughter's writing novels now. Yes. Novels. <laughs> well, and even just yesterday at the. A kid's um, party, someone went, you know, my child writes a full sentence. So I said, well, my child only writes her name. <laughs> and I actually you don't care. What is that? Um, I think it's, again, it's just It's that like who's got the bigger dick but has females. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> that's, how, that's our way of being able to acknowledge it. Oh, I, it's just about <laughs> trying to be something that they're not, trying to get mm. validation for sure. But how do we build trust with women then? Just openly show up vulnerable yes saying exactly what's on your mind your emotions your feelings being able just to you know say I'm having and this word of I'm fine it's just such bullshit isn't it no don't say you're, not, you're fine if you're actually not because that's actually not okay I want to know if you're not okay there's that thing of asking people three times are you okay are you okay are you okay and then you get the truth on the third answer because they're really pissed off with yeah. you by that time. <laughs> no I'm not life shit <laughs> but the thing is the thing is as well is that it's like don't ask someone if they're okay if you can't hold space either Absolutely. Which I learned the hard way online because I said to somebody in COVID last year, I put a question box up and I said, what is the hardest thing you're currently going through? Don't ever ask that question online unless you are mentally okay to hold space for that many people. And I am never answering, <laughs> asking that question online ever again. But it's, it's true though, because nobody actually answers it truthfully until like the third time until they feel safe yeah good point so it's about creating safety mm. and if you show up as yourself the way that you want to be treated someone else feels that and then that mirroring starts to happen doesn't it yeah so for you and I when I first met you you're like mm. I'm shitting myself about having to meet you you're gonna make me do these horrible things I am not gonna cry and I don't need you and I'm fine my life's really good and I'm like no it's my not. childhood was beautiful my mum is amazing my friends are great my relationship's perfect goodbye <laughs> and, Help uh, me, I'm yeah. fucked. <laughs> Leaving you in a blubbering mess. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> ah, 
and I think uh, that's the thing is I made you feel safe enough to tell me the truth. Cracked yeah. me open. Yes. Tell me good. <laughs> so if women listening at home could assess or reflect on the women in their lives, how can they truly see people for who they are? Like I know we spoke um, in regards to everybody will show you who they are if you actually take the glasses off and see it. But how do we truly see it? Because there's been some really bad people in my life where I have been so blindsided that I wasn't able to see it. So how do you truly see people for who they are? I think you've got to think to yourself, is this person going to hold me if if things go down? Is that person going to come and and sit with me and and hold space for me? Is that person going to walk away if something, you know, embarrassing happens? <laughs> you <know. laughs> Is that person going to make me laugh when I'm really having a hard time? Like, are they going to see me in all the moments? Yeah. If you really doubt that for even a second, you've really got to then start looking at your friendships. And, and I also think, look at how many friends you've actually got. If you're a person that's got like, I've got so yeah. many friends. I've always been guilty of going... They're so lovely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then realizing, oh, yeah, maybe they're not quite there for me, you know? So I always believe now, especially getting older, that I could probably count my closest friends in my hand, in my one five hand. by five rule. Yeah. Isn't it? And then they sort of go out in like a, in like a layered, like this person I definitely call if I've got like kid issues. Yeah. This person, but they're all beautiful people. Yeah. But, you know, where are your boundaries within yeah. those? Were they Are they going to accept your boundaries? You know, we talked about those boundaries. You talk about them all the time. Yeah. Do they sit within your boundaries? Mm. You know, yeah. What I've noticed as well is the universe works in really crazy ways. And when we let go of something that's not quite right for us, the universe always rewards us. And I know that the question of how do we make um, deep connections or how do we find like-minded friends? It's not until we actually close that chapter and close that door before the universe actually presents it to us because we're so focused on the friendships that aren't actually serving us that we're putting all of our time and energy into these friendships that actually leave us feeling like shit instead of closing that chapter and allowing new friendships where we've actually got the time and space for these new women in our lives. So how have you kind of seen that happen in your life? I think for me, uh, yeah, again, as you get older, you start to really recognise who, who are those people. You know, I, I've got really, really small handful of friendships now mm. and all all the different layers of, of, of people that have come in and out of my life. And, yeah, tell me about you. You go back to you and then I'll be thinking about this one. <laughs> um, I think for me it's like... I, so I've had my friendship circles have been like the friends that I would go out with or do events with or have fitness expos with yes. or my business friends or the friends that I've always been childhood friendships with. And then the moment that I started culling those people or removing the ones that weren't serving me, I've made enough space to allow in new friendships and I've actively been looking for new friendships. So for me, when I moved to the Gold Coast, I didn't make any friends because I felt like everybody wanted something from me. I moved up here from Adelaide, so like country bumpkin, (laughs) into the big smoke thinking that surfer's paradise was going (laughs) to be my goal. Like, what was I actually thinking? And then I've just moved further south, like escaping everyone into, I'm literally in the country, but moved up here. And it was just like, I would meet someone and be like, oh, they're so nice. And they would screw me over in a matter of a week. And I'd be like, whoa, what What did you want from me? Or they'd send me product and want me to do shout outs for them for free. And I was like, whoa, okay. So it was always that 
what they could take from me. Earning your friendship. Yeah, yes. and it hurt. And it built up a lot of like trust issues coming up here. So it wasn't until I actually allowed myself to receive and be able to set those boundaries of the friendships I wanted in my life through doing the things I want. So through things like going to the gym or um, like I've got a bookworm circle. So things like that, that I've actually made more friendships than through the people that have come to me. Does that make sense? Totally. And I think as you grow older, you go through different um, moments of life where you do change your friendships, like when you have kids. Yeah. Or depending on what your career is. If you're a businesswoman and you're working really extensive hours, sometimes there isn't the room to go and then, you know, give more to friendship. So I think, you know, like you saying, going to the gym, finding places, obviously a move all the way from the UK. So I've had different types of friendships. I used to have friendships that were drinking, going out, clubbing friends, you know, yeah. and you kind of fast, fast forward, you know that they're not. Well, the hangovers last yeah. me 10 days now, so it's not <laughs> so, quite as fun. <laughs> and... I, I think, you know, and especially if you're with a partner or not, mm. you tend to then have different personalities that will come in and out. But it's interesting also when you you sort of finish a friendship or finish a relationship with a partner, that those friendships either stay or yeah. they sidle off with the with, with the partner. Yeah. Um, so there's different layers, isn't there? But to meet people, for me personally, I met a few people through school, the school mums. They're kind of like a little category of friendships that I yeah. have. Then I've got my, you know, really close hand friends that I don't see too often actually, but they're my my rocks. Right and you die, know? Yeah. But yeah, pottery art for me is another way that I make friends. Yeah. Um, I used to do salsa dancing. That was a great way. I want to do salsa dancing. It was awesome. We used also to have a great time. Yeah, well, it, I wasn't great, but that was a really great way of meeting people. So I think you've just got to look at what's your you like love and your enjoyment. And even like I know a few girls that do like uh, hiking walks and stuff and they put it out on yeah, Facebook okay. and they've made some lifelong friends through doing that. Yeah. But I think as you get older, it kind of tends to be a bit harder. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And with isolation moments through COVID, it's yeah. been really difficult for women. But there's some great, like, Facebook groups where you can come in and you can... I mean, I've got my online community where I'm, you know, really bring and hone in, like, togetherness and, you know, be buddies. Like, you know, FaceTime yeah. each other, be friends with each other. Yeah, well, even my friendships with my girls that are interstate, that FaceTime's a really good tool. Mm. Even when I'm cooking dinner, I'll just pop them down there and they can just watch me cook. <laughs> um, I, love, I love this topic so much. Now, you mentioned just before in regards to your online community. Yes. So do you want to tell us a little bit more about what you do online and for those that are listening at home that do maybe perhaps want to join in? Yeah. I, this started just before COVID, actually, where I just started to bring some of my women that were breathing with me in person every month a lot of people get in FOMO that were like in different parts of the world <laughs> saying, I want to be part of that. How can we do it? So I, I pulled together an online breathing um, program and where women come in each month and they do two lots of breathing. We do meditations together. We do discussions. We just done this amazing task, which is great for friendship called Mirror Mirror Work, which is by Louise Hay, where we've all done videos of each other, like of ourselves, like breathing in the mirror and then crying and things. So it's a real togetherness community where it's no judgment masks are off yeah you know women go on there and they say exactly how they're feeling what's coming up for them and everybody just goes in so I don't even actually have to do much hands-on now they're all in there together they invite everybody that's new in yeah it's a really beautiful community where we just do all of the deep work together and what's the website that they can find you on? they have to go into 
Instagram is where I'm at. I'm just about to launch my new my new website. Oh, there you go. Exciting. There you go. Um, I closed my other one down because it was just, yeah, dated. So, yeah, Instagram is where I'm at right now and you can join my group. What's it called? <laughs> it's called The Awakening Women. There you go. Yes. And this is, of course, Nicola Lay. So if you are looking online, Nicola Lay, I'll also put that in the show notes as well. Um, if you want to continue the conversation, though, we also have our Flourish and Fulfilled communities on both Facebook and Instagram, which is just Flourish and Fulfilled. Now, today's bookworm is, I have mentioned this halfway through the episode, but it's how to break up with friends from friendship to friend split. And it is a guide to ditching crappy companions. And it's by Dr. Hannah Correll. And it's a really, really good read. Um, do you have a book suggestion for us, Nicola? Oh, you know, at the moment I'm into podcasts. We're on school holidays and I just don't even get five minutes on school holidays. Oh, feels. <laughs> <laughs> um, podcasts are my thing at the moment. Anything Bernay Brown is really good for healing yeah. some of those mother wounds. And I actually love Mel Robbins, actually. She's just an amazing coach and yeah. her podcasts are really cool yeah yeah awesome well thank you so much for joining us oh thank you for the listeners at home that want to get involved you can call the hotline on 07564968851 and until next week bye guys <laughs> <laughs>